0: Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. What a morning. Look at what God is doing.
1: Look around. Isn't this incredible? Now, you you guys are used to this. I'm not used to this, and I am loving this. This is absolutely amazing what God is doing. It's so good to see friends that I know and uh, so many of you that I've known from the very beginning, and uh, man, it's just, we're rejoicing with you. Uh, Much love from the Harbor family, your way, and they're excited that uh, I was able to be here today with you and not half as much as I am. Uh, Those of you that are watching online, we welcome you as well, and I just believe that God is going to encourage you today. How many just need some encouragement? (laughs) All right, you've come to the right place. As you know, we've called this today, When God Gets His Hands Dirty, and um, I'm a guy that has come off the streets, Uh, I've been serving Jesus for 40 years this year, And, and I'm telling you, just in my life alone, he's gotten dirty a few times rescuing me. And so, uh, you might be here today, and you might be struggling with something. You might have something on your back that you just can't get rid of. Maybe you come in here, and you're not in a good place. You need to know that you've come to the right place, because God loves you so much, He's willing to get His hands dirty to clean you up. Amen? So, we're going to be landing in Genesis uh, chapter 1, and if you have your Bible, you can open up there. We're just going to kind of skip around there a little bit. And um, I just want to do a little bit of a recap. Most of you know this already, but uh, when we read the account of creation, and on the first day, you know, he said, let there be light, and there was light. He just spoke it into existence. On the second day, he spoke, and he created the sky and the atmosphere above the earth. Um, On the third day, he spoke, and dry land appeared, and plants and trees began to grow, on the fourth day he spoke and said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars came into existence. On the fifth day he spoke and the waters filled with living creatures and the sky with birds. On the sixth day, God spoke and animals walked the earth, all the livestock and wild animals. But there was something else he did on the sixth day. Genesis 1:26 says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Why why do you think he's using the word us? He's speaking of the Holy Spirit and the Son, right? Let us make man in our own image. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now those would be like... Small dogs, because dog, small dogs don't run, they scurry, right? They're like rats, and they just kind of... So if you have a small dog, I probably just offended you, but I'm just having fun with you, so relax. Um, cats don't even scurry, but I, I think cats are demonic, so it just doesn't matter. We're not even going to talk about cats today. Anyway, so if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down, that he's the God who kneels down. So this is what I find that's really amazing. Our first picture of God in the Bible is him kneeling and creating us. Isn't that amazing? In all of his splendor and all of his glory, he is kneeling in the dirt. The longer I serve God, the more I am just absolutely amazed. I see him in everything. And so today we're going to focus on dirt. We're going to talk a lot about dirt. Because God is in it all. And, and some of you are like, Pastor Keith, you've lost your mind having this guy come and speak today. But our story, you and I, literally begins with dirt. And so in chapter 2, verse 7, it said, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So the the first picture we have of this eternal God is that he's focused, he's delicate, he's getting his hands dirty, he's kneeling down in the mud, forming this thing called a human being. In fact, if you look through scripture, you see God kneeling down, getting his hands dirty on more than one occasion. One of them, is you might remember, is when he was washing the disciples' feet, and he was kneeling down in John 13, and, and he was getting his hands dirty, because in those days, if you walked and you had sandals, your feet were nasty by the time you got to where you were going. And instead of a servant doing it, the Son of God knelt down and got his hands dirty so that their feet would be clean. And the Scripture says in John 13:1 that Jesus knew that the night before Passover would be The last night on earth before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. By kneeling down and taking the form of a servant and, and kneeling down in humility, he was showing them how much he loved them willing to get his hands dirty. And then there's another time in John chapter 8 where there was a woman that was caught in adultery. And we find that that all the men were surrounding her and they had stones in their hands. They were getting ready to kill her. And they were all guilty of sin anyway. And we find the Son of God again kneeling down in the dirt, writing something in the dirt. Now, we don't know what he wrote theologians for centuries have kind of speculated on this. Most likely, he was writing their names down and he was writing their sin down in the dirt because one by one they begin to leave. But the holy God was writing was, was in, the, in the middle of the street, touching the dirt and setting a woman free. I want to get a little scientific with you today. And I want to go back to the garden for just a second. I want to talk about this miracle of the dirt. So fire and water in scriptures are are used as symbols of the Holy Spirit, right? Fire and water. And so um, in order for God to form the dirt, there had to be water that was mixed in with the dirt to turn it into clay. So it could be formable, right? Is formable a word? Okay, I just made it up if it's not. The Hebrew word for dust is afar, which means clay. It means mud. It means earth. Remember the time where there was a blind guy and Jesus spit in the mud? Spit it. Put it on the guy's eyes. He was healed. He got his hands dirty, didn't he? And so the thing about this, this the miracle of the water and the dirt, let's break this down a little bit. Water is two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen, right? H2O, right? okay. You guys are with me. (laughs) Hydrogen burns. Oxygen is a fuel for burning. So God takes two parts of something that burns mixed with one part that's fuel for something to burn. He turns it into water, moistens the dirt in order to form it. Until you add water to it, it's just disorganized dirt. Until you add the Holy Spirit into your life, you are just disorganized dirt. Water signifies new birth and new life. In order for our lives to be lives that are pliable and brought from being disorganized into organized, the Holy Spirit mixes with our dirt and creates new life inside of us. He's not afraid to get dirty to come up alongside of us, is he? The human body is made up of 59 materials and minerals that are all found on the surface of the earth. Oxygen, being the most abundant element on the earth's crust, um, makes up about 65% of the human body. Carbon, also abundant in our topsoil, makes up 18% of our human body. Hydrogen makes up about 10% of the human body. Of the 59 elements found in the human body, they're all found in a handful of dirt. So what the Bible says about where we came from perfectly matches science. Imagine what it would have been like to have been there the day that God formed and fashioned the most perfect human being that ever lived, Adam would have been the most perfect human being other than Jesus, right? He was perfect. He probably could have lived forever. Imagine what it was like when to just have a a, a glimpse of that scene where the God that created the universe, that spoke everything into existence, is kneeling down in a mud puddle, forming something with his hands, intent, focused, and just... He gets done with it, and then he breathes into it the breath of life, and it becomes a living being. You know, I figured out how we got our names. Of course, you know, God uh, said we're going we're gonna to form a human, so he called him man. But I found out how women got their names, and, and this, is, this is really cool. I think, I think what happened was, is when God saw that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone... God put Adam into a deep sleep and he, you know, took the bone out of the side of his rib and, and he made this woman and, and so Adam begins to wake up from this deep sleep. He's kind of a little lethargic. He's trying to get and he sees this gorgeous, stunning, knockout woman looking at him with her bright eyes and smiling as <laughs> the most gorgeous creature he ever saw. And and he just he had to have turned to God and just said, Whoa man. And that's how she got her name. That was bad so bad. We see that God also did the same with the animals and in Genesis 2, 19 it says, so the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one, but everything else in creation, God spoke into existence. With man, he, he breathed into him the breath of life. And so nothing else in all of creation called for that degree of attention or that depth of involvement. Everything else that we look at, on a, if we stand out uh, outside of our house on a star net, look at the beautiful stars, we're in all right, But God just merely spoke those into existence. You look around at someone, he hand-fashioned you. He hand-crafted you. The depth of involvement... Was insane to make you. That's why you are considered God's workmanship in Christ. Evolutionists, on the other hand, they believe that there is no divine in man, just dirt. That man gradually evolved from a lower life form. We came out of the primordial ooze from being polywogs and now we are who we are. Life is just an accident. Man is nothing more than a higher order of animals. You and I are animals born of chaos, lacking any real reason to exist. That's why the world's so messed up. We have no higher purpose. We have no real value beyond scientific curiosity. That's what evolutionists feel. But the Bible says that you're not just dirt. You are filled with the Spirit of God. You are created in His image. Why is that important? It's important for a couple of reasons. That brings me to my second thought today, and that's that you have intrinsic value. You have intrinsic value. Why? Because you were made in the image of God. And for that reason alone, you are worth something. It doesn't matter if you've blown it and then some. You're still worth something because you're one of his kids. What you think you are shapes who you are. You walk around and you say, man, I'm worthless, I'm I'm damaged goods, I'm this, I'm that. You're going to live your life that way. You're going to make decisions based on that mentality. If you think you were born to lose with no purpose or value, that's how you're probably going to live your life. And when you realize that you have intrinsic value... Then you'll tend to live up to that image. You'll li- the way you live is going to be completely different. And in about a month, it'll be it'll be ten years that I I lost a younger brother to um, a drug overdose, and I remember spending so many conversations with him. One of them, just a week before this happened, about his life and his self worth, and I remember him saying to me. He was crying, and he said, man, I am just such a screw-up. I can't, everything I do is wrong, and and I've just made so many bad mistakes, and I've wasted my life, and on and on and on. And I kept telling him, you know, you are one of God's creation, man. I know you've made mistakes, yes, but God can redeem the time. And I would try to speak words of life into him, but he was so convinced that he was a loser that that's the way he lived his life. And when all was said and done, after he passed and I did the funeral and I went and collected his things, everything that a 46-year-old man owned, I was able to fit in one garbage bag. He lived his life with a mentality that he was worthless, that he was a loser, that he was dirt. And I'm here to tell you that nobody is just dirt. So, let me just... uh, got a $20 bill, which is rare. I usually have about $1.50 in my pocket at any time. So I brought it for you. See, I, I went to the ATM and I got it for you. So I, no, I'm not giving this to anyone, so relax. <clears throat> Sorry. You guys are all getting excited in the front row. Like, nah, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen today. So um, I have this $20 bill, right? How much is, well, don't get all, don't um, get crazy on me. How much is it worth? It's worth 20 bucks. Technically, it's probably worth about $9 now, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's worth. (laughs) Stick around, it'll even be less. Um, We'll be using this to burn in our fireplaces before long. So, $20, that's what it's worth. That's what they say it's worth. So, if I crumple it up, what's it worth? Oh, you guys are so good. If I just put it on the ground and I stomp on it and I get it all dirty, what's it worth then? $20. Why? Is it worth $20 after all that? Because it has intrinsic value. It has intrinsic value. Is it the paper that makes it worth $20? No. Is it the ink? No. Is it the picture of Jefferson on it? No. None of them make it worth $20. It's worth $20 because somebody made it who had the authority to say that it has value. You have been made in the image of God, my friend, and God has the authority to say that you have value and worth. You might be a little crumpled up. You might be a little dirty. You're still worth it. No matter what's happened to you, or no matter what you've done with your life, all the the bad decisions. I've made so many I can't keep track You are still created in the image of God. You still have intrinsic value. But how do you know that you have that value? Because something is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. What was God willing to pay for you? You're made in the image of God. And that brings me to my third and final thought, because you're made in the image of God, you have a responsibility, right? You have a responsibility. I heard this story a while ago. I thought I would share it. It starts with a group of scientists who are fed up with the literal interpretation of the Bible, the book of Genesis and the creation story. And these scientists were... uh, These scientists uh, were going to have a contest with God to see who could create the best human. They felt like they could do it. So they sent um, an emissary to talk to God about the whole thing. And they they really had planned to entrap God in this human-making contest. So the scientists think they have it all figured out. They can create a human being faster and better than God can. So God says to all the scientists there gathered, he says, you go first. And so the scientists bend over to scoop up some dirt, and God interrupts and says, Oh, no, 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 that's my dirt. You go get your own dirt. And that was the end of the story right there. In evolution, there is no God to live up to. Right? You are just an accidental collection of matter. That's all you are. Without the divine, all you have left is dirt. And as dirt, all you're left with is animal instincts and emotions that are uncontrollable. Kind of seems like our world today, isn't it? Many people think like that. That's just how I am. That's how I was born this way. I can't help myself. In other words, I'm just dirt. And that's what society just keeps trying to push on us, that we have no responsibility for our actions, for our life. And they tell us you can't help yourself, that's just the way you are, you were born this way, to live a life controlled by your emotions and your appetites, there's nothing you can do to change it, but you are created in the image of God, and you were created to live a life that reflects your creator, that's the responsibility. I want to show you some pictures today, and um, you guys are firing on all cylinders, so I know you're going to get these today, but I want you to tell me uh, who they represent, hit the first picture there. Fireman. You guys are so good, man. This 930 service, you guys are with it. How about the next one? All right. Another one. Military. Okay. Right. Medical field, right. Nurses. So let me ask you this. How do you know they represent those organizations? This is good. I'm going to drop a golden nugget on you here. You can tell who they belong to by the garments they wear. Right? They've been entrusted with the image of that agency. The moment the police officer puts on his uniform, he is now entrusted with the image of that agency. They are stewards of the reputation of the organization they belong to. Right? And we will judge their organization by how they conduct themselves. As I close, and I'm going to invite the band to come back up, um, about 10 years ago, my wife and I went to Home Depot and we bought a brand-new LG stove. It was just before Thanksgiving. And uh, we, we always have our family and our kids all over. And uh, I, I, I wanted to make sure you heard the word LG because I'm, I'm I, you know. So we, we buy this expensive stove and on Thanksgiving morning, we my wife, you know, gets up early to do the turkey and everything, and it is dead. It is dead. I think I cooked Thanksgiving that year on the grill, on my on my grill. And 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 so, you know, we were upset, but things happened. So my wife, the day after Thanksgiving, calls LG Customer Service. And she talked to the biggest jerk you've ever talked to in your life. He could care less. It was a brand new stove. They weren't going to do anything to fix it, even though it was under warranty. It was like pulling teeth. And my wife, she's like a little banny rooster when she gets fired up, man. She was, I was like, calm down. You know. I'm going to come and follow you and murder your family and your kids. No, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. but um, <laughs> She didn't say that. But she was so upset, and they would not work with us. LG, everyone say LG. So we had to go to Home Depot, where we bought it from, and thank God, our local Home Depot that you know, we, we bought it from, we purchased it from, they took the hit and replaced it for us, not LG. It was a brand new stove. It was ridiculous. So I said all that just to say this, how this man, the customer service rep for LG, handled the situation, shaped our opinion and view of that company. As stewards of the image of God, what we do reflects back on our God. Over the years, I've talked to so many people that have had such a bad experience with church people in church. Some of them are pastors. (laughs) And this is the thing. We have a responsibility, right? Because we are image bearers of the eternal God. We are ambassadors of God. Isaiah 61.10 says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. Live like that. Don't go clubbing the night before and then, you know, and you live like the devil through the week and then come to church and just try to, try to, you know, that doesn't work. That's miserable. I feel sorry for you if that's the way you're living live your life be consistent in the garden the creator was willing to kneel down and get dirty to make a masterpiece and then when that masterpiece gets dirty like peter and the disciples he'll bend down and wash their feet and when that masterpiece gets in trouble again like the woman caught in adultery the the creator god will kneel down and get dirty, to, cl- to clean and, 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 and set that person free. So you need to know today that you are loved, that God looks at you as one of his greatest accomplishments. You are so valuable to him that Jesus gave his life for you. I don't know who's here today that, who's a visitor who's been here for just a few months um i don't know but i just want to give you an opportunity today um to to meet this god i want to do it like kind of we do at the harbor and maybe this will will help you but um i'd like everyone to pray with me today everyone in the room today but especially those of you that are like man i need a change in my life i need to go all out for god but I want all of us to pray together because we're in this together, right? So just would you just, just take a moment and pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for bringing me here today to remind me of my value. At this moment, I fully surrender my life to you. I give it all to you. I ask you to come in and forgive me of all my sins, to fill me with your spirit,
0: and to transform me.
1: Lord, I completely dedicate my life to you from this day on. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Friend, if, if you're here today and you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you just do me a favor today and, and uh just right where you're at, no one's going to embarrass you or anything, but I just would like to know how to pray for you this week. Would you just slip your hand up so I could see and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer today. Is there anyone today? I can't see, but um, Pastor Keith just got saved. He just raised his hand. So, But if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I know that there are people in the back that you can talk to. There's, if you need a Bible, these guys are going to get you a Bible. They want to come up alongside of you and help you grow. And, uh, and, man, I just commend you if, you if you said that prayer today. So God is good. Amen? Amen. 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 Have, have you ever seen so much in dirt before? <laughs> no. God is awesome. So we are here today, um, and I'm so excited about this, for Pastor Appreciation um, Sunday. And I know you guys got me a gift. I'm so honored. No, it's not for me. It's for you guys. So I, I'm just kidding. But, but I want you to know that you have some of the finest pastors around and we, my wife and I, our whole staff, our whole church, we highly esteem Pastor Keith and Pastor Amy and your whole team. You, you guys are killing it, and we love you guys. And uh, uh, you know, I've watched you guys when it hasn't, when it's been tough, and you said yes when it was tough. And I've watched you over the years, uh, just just get down in the trenches and get dirty for the kingdom of God and make it happen and just to see what God is doing today is just amazing so I know you've come to honor them today and they deserve it for sure and so I understand we have a video today that you're going to see today honoring them and then you guys will come back up. Thank you so much you guys
0: All right. you guys are awesome. Could you guys stand up? Um, and, and Pastor Mike's going to come, and we, we have the privilege of being prayed over. And Amy, you can you join me on stage. These lights are bright. I feel like they're brighter today. I feel like you brought the bright light of Jesus with you today. That's awesome. But um, we are so thankful for this church and to just see what God has done in six years, to see that he is he's just a miracle-working God, right? Like, We've got, we've got our advisory team that you guys can come up as well. And Edwin's here, Adam is, if Adam's here, Ashley, whoever's on the advisory team, come up. Um, and we're just super thankful for our team that leads well and that loves Jesus well. And it really is a privilege of ours to pastor this church, not solo, but with an incredible dream team. Like over 70 people on the dream team serving, making a difference, kids being changed by the love of Jesus. Like my kids just knowing who God is more because of your radical generosity. And so thank you. We believe that God is gonna continue to do new things. Amen? That God's gonna keep using Blaze Church to be the church that brings the gospel to the east end of Long Island. Last week, Pastor Amy and I, we had the privilege of being in Charleston at a pastor's conference and just really being encouraged and freshened. And while we were there, we were just, we were kind of like just set on fire a little bit for what God's going to do. And I ended up Googling the population of Riverhead and there's nearly 34,000 people that live just in Riverhead. Let that sink in. And I said to Amy during a conference, I said, do you realize that if we make an impact 1% at a time, just 1% of the population of Riverhead, that's 340 people. Like think about that percentage, 10%. We, over 3,000 people that would know Jesus just in Riverhead alone. And I don't know your faith, but I know our faith on this stage. And it says, there's nothing that my God can't do. There is no, there is no mountain that he can't move. He is the one who makes a way over and over again. And so Blaze Church, we thank you. We appreciate you. Keep serving Jesus. The greatest thing that you can do for us to say that is just live for Jesus. Just live for him. Fall more in love with him. Get the junk out of your life. Let the Holy Spirit keep bringing you to new places. Surrender to him. Be a trailblazer. Everything we say, make Jesus known on the east side of Long Island, and we're going to watch him do the incredible. And so we have the privilege now, Pastor Mike, would you just pray, not just for us, but for Blaze Church. We want to see Blaze Church just go and grow where God's calling us to.
1: Amen. Stretch a hand out towards your pastors. Father, we just thank you. For the privilege we don't have to do this we get to do this lord and i thank you god for the vision of this house i thank you lord that uh even this last year lord where there was a a trajectory that that everyone thought they were going to take lord and you divinely closed the door and opened up another door and god your faithfulness is evident lord thank you for the faith of pastor keith and pastor amy and their diligence and their hard work all the things that go on behind the scenes that nobody sees. Lord, thank you for that. They are a gift to the kingdom of God. And Lord, for this church, Lord, we just believe with all of our hearts that you're going to use this church to advance the kingdom in a great way, Lord. I, I pray that Blaze Church would, would be the recipient of so many souls. Lord, that you can you can trust them with the hurting, with the downtrodden, Lord, with people that are struggling with addictions, and Lord, you can trust them with that, Lord. And I pray that um, that this place would be filled with the hurting, but God, that there would be a healing and a transformation take place. That out of this house, Lord, there'd be families reunited, lives restored, destinies changed, Lord. So we thank you. I thank you for the faithful people of blaze church that are here every week that contribute that give generously lord they're a gift as well thank you for them god so lord we just we're so grateful today this is a celebration of what you're doing so we give you praise and honor and glory in the mighty name of jesus and everyone said amen amen, amen. come on amen. give us some
0: good praise